Episode 12, guys. We made it to episode 12. So this is another episode of Homestead Shop Talk with Al Lumna Acres, Ben from Holler Homestead, and myself, Jason from Soda Land. And today's topic, we're going to talk about things to think about when designing your homestead. I think this is some of the things that we think about. And I know Al has just came back from a talk of this topic, right, Al? Yes. And uh, first, we're going to talk about our week. I think we're going to make Al go last since this is fresh on his mind. And then uh, uh, we're going to talk about our week and uh, then we'll go get right into it. So you want to go first, Ben? I actually get to talk about something before it goes on YouTube, which is kind of cool. Um, nice. nice. So we, uh, we're kind of wrapping up the garden. Um, we've been getting our fall slash winter stuff planted um, nothing real crazy, just, uh, a lot more of the, the same stuff. I feel like I've talked about every week for 12 episodes, garden stuff. Um, we are planning our classes for this, uh, this fall and winter for, uh, pig butchering workshops that I'm going to teach. Um, uh, I don't have the dates in front of me, but it's going to be one in like the end of November, one in the beginning of December, and then one in the middle of January. So if, uh, People are wanting to attend a pig butchering workshop. Uh, stay tuned. I'll uh, I'll have the dates probably the next episode of the podcast and on YouTube. Uh, and then the the thing that uh, I've been dying to talk to everybody about, and I haven't been able to because we've just been waiting. Uh, by the time this podcast goes up, we uh, we will be sharing what we've been working on. So there's a one acre parcel that used to be part of our property way back when, and it got sold off probably about 20 years ago, would be my guess. I haven't looked at the, uh, the deed, but anyways, it went up for sale two weeks ago and we had the opportunity to buy it. So we bought it. So we are adding an acre of great big old mature trees to our, uh, our property. Uh, I don't know why they ever parceled that little one acre out of the property we live on, but it's nice to have it all back together again. Uh, I think the only thing that would be cooler is this original parcel we live on uh, used to be 60 acres and it's just been sliced up over the years and sold off. It'd be kind of cool to have all that back, but I'll take an acre at a time. That works for me. So, yeah, we're pretty excited. We get to go tomorrow. We get to go sign all the paperwork, uh, making it ours tomorrow morning. I've just been, I've been dying to tell people about it. It's like, yes, that's such a good feeling. Like it's, it's exciting. exciting. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's the newest development for us. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's just an acre. It's not like it's 500 acres or anything like that, but I'm excited. So that's yeah, a nice that's, size though. That's my that's, update. That's a good size. Yeah. Now you'd be able to harvest any timber off it. Like if you want to stop, make wood out of it. Do you yeah. Have plans for that. Or is it just going to, are you going to be pasturing your animals in it? So for right now, um, I have plans to just move the pigs over there. All of the oak trees are starting to, uh, drop all their, their acorns and there's some really big oak trees in there. So that would be great for the pigs. Um, and then, you know, uh, Brett, 
the middle child, he's 14. He really, really wants to build a hobbit hole. And it's not just like one little hole. <laughs> this this dude's like drawn up plans. It's like a three bedroom hobbit hole. Like it's huge. And nice. Yeah, he, he wants to do it. So we'll see. I I had to sit down and have a talk with him the his, other day. And it's like, home. You realize you're probably you're probably gonna have to uh get a job to pay for all the materials for this thing, right? Like this isn't just like a few <laughs> rocks and sticks. Like this is a massive like I think after a certain size it's a domicile, not just a uh <laughs> a little fun hole to dig. So I mean he's he's planning like lights and running water and stuff like that. So it's like, man, we're gonna wow. have to Airbnb this thing. <laughs> I know. Right. His future house. That'd be wild. <laughs> yeah. That'd be so, awesome to have some uh acorns the pigs. Yeah. Right from the that's, land. That's gonna be nice. Uh to answer your timber question, um, yeah, any timber I want. Uh it does need to be thinned out. There's a lot of trees crowded in there. Um honestly, like I mean it's just an acre, so it's not like a huge amount of timber, but there are some pretty big trees in there. There's some really nice uh white pines in there that are, you know, at least two feet uh at like waist high. Um there's some oak trees about that size. There's a couple cedar trees that are about that size. Like it's pretty good variety. So yeah, if, if I need lumber, I know where to get it now. Yeah, this week, uh, so funny, funny story. Well, I don't know if it's funny, but it's kind of weird. I went out there one day this week, and it was in the evening, uh, and just to do our evening chores. And I go out there, you know, I drive up there to where the pigs are at, and, you know, I'm going to make sure they have water and stuff. And, you know, looking kind of far away, I noticed there's like a bird or like a chicken inside um, Zeke's water. He's our, our boar pig. And I thought it was like a dead chicken in his water bowl. We use the rubber water pans and he was in the bowl. And I was like, what the heck? Like I've never seen a chicken in his pen before. Uh, you know, we have chickens that get out all the time, but I never seen one in there. And I go up further and it was a hawk. It was a smaller hawk. I mean, not smaller, but I don't know. I guess it was a good size. I mean, it wasn't like a baby or nothing. Uh, and it was alive and it was just like kind of waiting in the water. And it was one of these days where it was super humid out. Uh, I think it was last week. Yeah, I think it was last week and it was just really hot. Uh, and I thought, what, what the heck? Like, and then poor, <laughs> our, our pig Zeke, he was, you could tell he was thirsty and that hawk wasn't letting him drink any water. <laughs> Cause he would go up to the up to him, and he like stick his tongue out, like in the in the water, like, come on, let me get some water, man, let me get some water, and, <laughs> and that hawk just with his his talons or whatever, like just swipes at him, like his nose. <laughs> I was like, oh no, oh wow, and I was like, I didn't know what was happening, uh, but then I noticed that there was a ton of flies around the hawk. Um, just flying around and I was like man he sums up with this yeah I don't think he's he's healthy uh, even though he seemed healthy but I mean he wasn't flying you know he wasn't really moving around uh, and so I kind of just held back for a minute just let him be and then he finally hopped out of the bowl and 
he hopped through the uh, the electrified netting and he just kept on like kind of hopping away. Yeah, I, I think he was kind of getting away from trying to get away from the flies. And then I looked closely. I think one of his legs, it seemed like it was bloody. Uh, I could be wrong. It might have been just wet, but um, he was just kind of hopping away. Like he would hop hop away and then stop, look around, and then hop away and then stop. So I don't know. I kind of felt bad. I was almost like, man, should I put him out? You know, or maybe I should call somebody. I don't know. It was in the evening. It was getting dark, and then finally it kind of went in this bush, and it just didn't come out. And then um, uh, the next day, I went to look where I last saw him, and he was he was gone. He was dead. Um, this is kind of weird. Like I, I don't know. I wasn't yeah, expecting that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what what happened there. And I think it was a hawk because I, I always see a hawk flying around, and crows always chasing it away. Um, and I bet you that that's what that hawk was. <laughs> Poor Zeke. He wanted water so bad. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so that happened. What else? So really, pretty much all this week, I've been trying to um, redo our website. Um, and uh, I'm trying to bring everything on our website. Like, as far as, like, hats that I sell t-shirts um you know everything else is on there but but or things that i make because uh, usually i use the etsy etsy.com uh and that's a great resource but what i find is that on etsy all my sales are driving i'm driving all my sales you know like etsy is not really helping me sell stuff so like i'm getting more traffic on my website now than i do on my etsy shop so it's like before it was the opposite, you know, because we've been on Etsy probably for like uh, the last seven years. So, so I figured, man, why don't I just, I just, I need to bring everything all on my website because I get more traffic that way. And it's like, you know, rather than to have people go to this website and that website, you know, everything needs to be in one spot. So I've been trying to, um, uh, which I'm, you know, it's, it's always going to be a work in progress, but at least I have some stuff on there now that uh, I'm going to sell. And then uh, by the time this podcast goes out on Friday, I'm doing another uh, in-person workshop here at our place, which is going to be a, uh, a chicken tractor building workshop. And I, it, I did it last year at this time. And I think it it went really well. Um, you know, I don't open it up to a ton of people, but maybe eight people. And, uh, and eight people, no, six people. I had six people come last year. And it was just all day just teaching people how to use tools and, and build a chicken tractor. And then, and then we're going to raffle it off to uh, the people, one person who attends. And I had people, you you figure it'd be like maybe women, all women come or something because they don't typically don't know how to use the tools, but it wasn't that case at all. I think there was one lady who came and then the rest were like older guys. I mean, there were some older guys that, that were older than me and didn't really know how to 
use a saw. So I find that that interesting, you know? No, no, which was great. And, and, um, I don't know. I guess you assume that everyone knows how to use these tools, but they don't. Um, and that's just kind of cool to, to be able to teach people that. Um, so that's on October 21st. That's when the, that class is, is going to be, um, how long does it take you to build it? Can you do it in a day, two days, or? We'll do it in one day. Uh, you will. Nice. Yep. Uh, I, yeah, I was curious about that last year when we first did it because I was like, ah, I hope we do it in one day. Uh, but we finished, we, we started at 9 a.m. and we were done by 4. Oh. Uh, and we, we, you know, even broke for lunch, you know, took them on a little mini tour around our place you know and you know it wasn't like we were trying to hurry up um it made it like a nice kind of relaxing day hopefully people still want it you know (laughs) it's always nerve-wracking when you post a workshop because you're like what if i don't sell any tickets you know and you're kind of putting yourself out there and you know if you don't sell tickets then you kind of feel like oh man (laughs) you know it kind of sucks but I guess you don't know yeah, until I you have try. Same feeling. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. It's just like I'd hate to. I mean, I sell one ticket. Like I'd hate to, you know, sell just one ticket. <laughs> but, but maybe not. That's what I thought last year, and I ended up selling, you know, selling like six tickets. You know, which is great. I mean, it's perfect for a workshop like that. Honestly, if so, I was yeah, going to a workshop that. and I was the only guy there, that'd be awesome. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's that'd be one-on-one time there, and then you'd get you'd take on the chicken tractor. <laughs> it's kind of scary, though. Like you said, you're putting yourself out there. And then if you you know if you're buying everything to make the chicken tractor, like when we did pig butchering workshops, we had hand-hewn farm out. You know, you already commit to everything, and you have the expenses out. It's like, oh, if this doesn't sell, or if I don't get enough sales in, you know it's not going to pay for itself kind of thing. Yep. So it's definitely like, Ooh, right. You're taking a chance. Yeah. You want it to at least pay for itself. I mean, that's yeah, right. at least break the even. reality. I mean, yeah. You know, the reality is, yeah. I mean, we want to make money still. This is our business, but breaking even would be all I hope for. Also, I don't need another chicken tractor, you know, like <laughs> I'm not building this for me. Ben can yeah. use one, I think. <laughs> ben already uh, built I've his got, chicken tractor. Yeah, yeah I, I just built two of them over the past two weeks, so I'm good. That's the one we're going to build, Ben, the one that I have with the rounded top. Oh, man, it's awesome. I, I'm glad I stole that idea from you. Well, it's the Siskovich, John Siskovich style. Uh, but the but then I also got the take on it, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Just that changed, and um, but then I also got the uh, chick lift. I got them to um, give do a giveaway. I guess you could say they're one of our sponsors for the event. <laughs> uh, they're gonna that's send good. me a couple of chick lifts to give away. Man, that's worth the price of the class right there. Those things are a lifesaver. You know, we're gonna we're gonna feed people. Like, I mean, it's a full day of doing it. So, yes. The food alone, that's that's worth it right there. Home home cooked yeah. food from the homestead. 
No, we're just going to go to McDonald's. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now I know you're lying. <laughs> Have you gotten any rain since the roof's been done? We got a little bit flying here. We got a little bit, but uh, not much. So how about you, Al? What's going on with you? You had a busy weekend? Busy weekend. Busy couple of days so far. I'm sitting in front of our in front of me is sitting like 350 pounds of coffee. We got the next <laughs> coffee batch coming out Wednesday. So I work, you know, this is about double from what we did the last time and the first time we doubled it. So last second time was doubled and then we just kind of keep up in it to see because it sells out. So like there's like, oh man, how much do you order? Yeah. You know, you don't want to, I don't want to be, I, mean, I love coffee, but I don't want to be sitting on coffee forever. All right. So, it smells good. You got any dark roast yet? Not yet. We are working on that right now. We have some beans. We're, ha- we're having two different style of beans come in and then we'll have them roasted up dark roast and we'll mix them and we'll see if we like them single origin or if we want to mix them like 50 50 or 25 75 and see which one we like the best so that should hopefully be in the next release we want to make sure we get a good one we've tried a few but we weren't we weren't in love with them so we've said you know what let's hold off let's get some new beans coming in and try them so this past weekend we went to the homesteaders of new england conference in southern new hampshire that was the first time I've ever done anything. I've done that's the first time I've done any talking. I've gone to an event before, but I've never done the talking. So this time I went, we talked, and we talked about um, the principles that I use to design the homestead around. Thus, the talk went well. Um, yes, we t- I talked about the principles that I try to keep in mind while we're building and designing the homestead, and so. The big one for us is we're in growing zone 4B. So we have a lot of different things to always think about. It seems like a lot of, especially before, a lot of stuff you'd see on TV or YouTube or read in books, it was all for homesteading down south where they don't get snow or they don't have like crazy cold winters. I know how you guys, you guys know how that is. Yes. (laughs) That's why we moved here. (laughs) It's always, right? Yeah. I don't blame you. Yep. I was thinking of you guys. It was like 90 degrees and hot and sunny. Yeah. The day of the conference. I was like, this is oh, supposed nice. to be fall. It's supposed to be like sweatshirt weather, but it wasn't. Was it a good turnout at that event? Yeah. I think so. It was. It's their second year doing it. So next year, it'll, I think the plan is to get it even bigger. So we had, they had a bunch of sponsors there. McMurray's Hatcheries was there. It was nice to meet Ginger from McMurray Hatchery. Yeah. Um, they had some other vendors there. They had, I'm trying to think, so Troy from Red Tool House, he's in southern West Virginia. Yep. He was there. He did a talk on Sunday about pastured pigs. Um, Goldshaw Farm, he was there. He did a talk on his Farm Not Making You Happy, I think was the title of that one. Farming Won't Make You Happy. It was, I think that's what it was. Um there was the Homestead Podcast Journey. That guy's from New York. He was there. There was quite a few people. Hmm. It was nice to mingle with like-minded people. Did you have a vendor booth there at all? Now you could... I did not. No, we just yeah. went down for the day. So it was like a two and a half hour ride one way. 
So we okay. spent, I don't know, probably six or seven hours there. And then we total, we spent five hours driving. So it was a longer day, but it was fun. You guys went to the farm where you homestead conference. Was that the one that was local for you guys this year? Uh, yeah, farm where you, farm live. you live. I spoke at that one and we had a booth. It was good. You did yeah. both booth and yeah. 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 I actually got roped into helping teach a uh, pig butchering class. My friend Billy was teaching and I walked up to say hi and he was like, Hey, come help. So I, uh, I helped him two days, and then uh, because of that, uh, the uh, the organizers uh, they uh, ha- they set it up, and basically we did a class. Just me and Billy did a class, a whole separate event, and we did that in March. Uh, really good people. We really like uh, the organizers of that festival. Uh, it's really cool to see how the farm where you live festival thing has grown like it's pretty cool now do they just do them in your area the farm where you live or do they go around the u.s and do that one uh it's pretty much around us um it's like they're south carolina uh they did one up here so you know around this general area within you know 50 50 miles of us so i was just talking about the principles that i'm always thinking about and i think the big one for us is snow and cold and how to prepare the homestead for the cold weather so it's enjoyable, <laughs> as enjoyable yeah. as it can be. So you're not, you know, you're not fighting yourself for six months. Like the big one for us when we were designing the new places, one of the first things we did is we did underground uh, gravity-fed spring water systems. So that way we have frost-free hydrants out in the pasture. And I left it so we can add on. We want, when we build our barn, we can bring the gravity-fed water down to the barn and have that frost-free hydrant. But I was also thinking back, like when we started homesteading and started doing it at the other property, I was always carrying like five-gallon pails around to water the meat birds. And then I, I had IBC totes for years sitting hidden in like a wood pile area. And I'm like, one day it dawned on me, I'm like, why don't I put this on a trailer? And then I can bring it over to my hose, fill it up with 250 gallons of water, and then I can triller it over to where the meat birds are, and I don't have to log five-gallon pails all around my yard. <laughs> yeah. So, I know. Yeah, but... I think that took me like five years to figure that one out. <laughs> this is our, yeah. our like, It's because you didn't see it in a YouTube video. Meat birds. <laughs> we we right. finally, finally put a 55-gallon drum on a little cart, and we do the same thing. It's... It's a game changer. I don't know why we didn't figure that out sooner. Because we do, we do it for our pigs. We've done it for our pigs forever with a fifty-five gallon drum and the waterer, you know, the water nipple, and you just fill that up once a week, every other week, kind of thing. But yeah, never thought of it for the chickens before. You know, it was a couple of years I figured it out, but I'm like, why didn't I think of this sooner? <laughs> but, but I know, like, we're always, I'm always thinking about like we're building a building, which way the roof lines are going. So you have your roof lines going and then you have your doors in front of the roof line. In the wintertime, you're shoveling snow all the time. Or if you can have your doors on like the gable end and that way you don't have to. And then also for like if we're designing our walkways or our driveways and just different roads. Same thing with the snow, you know, just always trying to think, okay, where's the snow going to go? Or if I got to plow it or shovel it, where am I going to push it to and not block something? That would be way different to to figure something out like that. I mean, I you know, I 
I haven't had a piece of raw land where you start from nothing. So I think that would be just a, so different to think about that kind of stuff. Cause you just usually just buy a property that, that already has a house on it and, and you go from there. But do you think that, like I say, someone just starting out and they're looking for land. I mean, if you have an opportunity to buy raw land versus land with already a house or structures on it, I mean, I don't know if the question is which is better, but like what if money wasn't the issue? I think the, I think the big one is, is what did they do on the land before? Like with raw land for mm. us, it's all woods. You know, back in like the 1800s, it had sheep on it. But most of the farmland around here, like if we were able to buy like an old farm up, it was most likely at some point a, a conventional dairy. And if it had had crops on it recently, it would have been GMO corn. It would have been sprayed and it would have been, you know, because we had, we had looked at some properties and it was like, yeah, it'd be nice, but I'm not going to use that style like chicken coop. They had like, you know, they, they were raised meat birds or egg layers or something. I was like, I was like, well, what was in those corn fields, you know, kind of thing. So it's kind of. Yep. Yeah. Thinking about that kind of stuff. It's cheaper if you can find something that already has buildings on it versus building from scratch nowadays. You know what I mean? Yep. But yeah. I think the big one is is what what was on the land first. I see. Yeah. Or recently. Right. Cause if it did have all that stuff, like you then you might as then it would probably be better just to buy the raw land. But like you, you ever like you had land with a house on, but you had cow. I mean, you had horses on your property, Jason. So it wasn't. Yeah. So you kind of had a. You didn't have raw land, but you had a good a good situation. Right. To buy right. old pasture land that wasn't. Right. Most likely didn't have very many chemicals on it. Right. I mean, I do still. There's still out there right now a uh, horse manure that has not decomposed yet. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like a pile a pile of it like it's still like it's just hard as a rock <laughs> like, it's been a year and a half since i've since the horse has been on this place the chickens don't go to it no they don't they like walk right over it like they don't they don't even scratch at it like there's no it's like it's not even life in in that like it's just like a hard I don't know what it is. It's like paper, like a rolled up piece of paper, you know, <laughs> like a pile of it. Probably means it's those weird. horses weren't fed anything organic. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, there were, you know, aren't, aren't, I mean, I don't know anything about horses, but aren't they pumped with like a lot of chemicals, like dewormers and stuff like that? Uh, maybe that, that too. Yeah. But, yeah. That could there's be, a, there's... could be what's going on. So one thing. I kind of think about, or one thing we haven't done yet, somebody brought up, I like to get Ben's, what he thinks about it. Like some, somebody said that, you know, people always say you should plant like your trees and everything as soon as possible. I know we haven't planted any trees or fruit trees and we want to. My take on that is I want to wait to figure out exactly where I want like my apple orchard and my berries and then plant versus planting it too soon and having them in the wrong spot. I know you're the big tree guy, Ben. So what are your thoughts on that? And what did, what did you do, I guess, in your homestead? So truth be told, um, 
I actually think that the spot we have the orchard in is not the best spot, just purely based on the soil out there is trash. Um, but as far as the location goes, it's perfect. Like I have not regretted where we put the orchard yeah. once. I think, isn't that the number one rule of permaculture? Observe. So that was what we did. We sat yeah. and we stared yeah. at it for a while and it was like, where do we want trees? And as we looked at this one little corner of the yard, it was like, this makes the most sense. We don't go over here for anything. Uh, it's kind of steep to, you know, really put animals on. The grass isn't real good, so we're not going to graze over here. You know, that kind of thing. All the things that you you talk about. Well, then we decided to put the orchard there. And it's worked out great. But the struggle has been, I have to keep everything mulched. Everything has to be mulched. Um, it's funny, you know, we have all of these, uh, drainage ditches, the whole property. It's everything around here. It's like 500 acres around us has had this dirt work done where the, uh, I guess the, it would have been the County, the soil reclamation act back in the thirties, uh, they came in and to fight erosion they dug these drainage ditches on contour, uh, so it slows down the water but diverts it all to one point. Well, I have those same. Anytime ditches. you have a uh, drainage ditch, yeah, you got them too. Like they're everywhere around us. Um, anytime you have a drainage ditch, you can have sediment build up and it creates a dam, and then you get little water holding ponds. Uh, well. Up by the orchard, the uh, we call it the swale that's above where the orchard's at, uh, it'll fill up until it's about two feet deep with water on the uphill side. Well, the two wow. closest rows on the other side of the hill from that have done absolutely amazing. Uh, we are getting fruit from those two rows. Um, the trees have done better because they can tap through that hillside into that water that's you know, having to sink in slowly. Um, whereas the, you know, third row of trees down, they have just suffered. They have not done very good at all because of the water situation. So, you know, stuff like that, observe. Generally, the spot that we picked was fine, but in hindsight, rather than doing three rows of trees in the orchard, we would have only done two and we would have done them in a longer row because of where they they can tap into water from uphill upslope so you know just stuff like that um i guess another thing would be you know you put your trees in your zones you know you got to figure out your zones i would say this is like zone three is where these trees are i have another orchard that i've got and it's out in zone five i don't hardly ever go out in the woods um Really, it's it's kind of a weird spot to have an orchard, but the reason I did it was because it's got a different microclimate, and I wanted to see if I could grow peaches in this other microclimate, uh, and it turns out I can. Like, my, my hunch was correct, but that goes back to that rule, observe first. So, uh, yeah, I there is a lot of, like, pre-planning before you go sticking trees in the ground, Figure out if it's a spot that you're ever going to need to do something in. Figure out if it's a spot that's convenient. 
uh, make sure it's a spot that if you see deer eating your trees, you could do something about <laughs> it. Yeah, when we first last year when we first moved, we you know we were given some uh, apple trees. Uh, Billy from Perma Pastures gave us some apple trees, and we're like, oh, we got to plant these. You know, because he was like, you got to plant them right away. And I'm like, I don't even know where to put. We just moved here. I don't even know where to put them. And we saw a flat spot that was a little further, kind of far away from where our house was. And Lorraine's like, how about this spot? And I was like, sure, let's do it. (laughs) You know, and and so we planted them. And, you know, after about six months, we realized we don't want them there. Because it was like the flattest spot on our property. Uh now so we had to dig them up we dug them up and we put them kind of closer to the house um but they're on that contour what you just mentioned ben and uh they seem to be doing fine there and you know it's kind of on a hill and and now where they were on that flat area we have that's where we planted that huge our watermelons and squash squashes and stuff and and big old you know big old another garden. reason why we moved them because we had our our yeah we have bigger garden because it's a flat area and and you know we were they were in our way the trees were in our way when we wanted to like move the two cows that we had or move pigs and 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 so but that was all because we didn't wait and observe onto where we actually wanted them uh, but now I feel like they're in a good spot, but who knows, you know, we might say otherwise come, you know, five years from now. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, but the other question we seem to get a lot was a lot of people asking how many animals can I have on my property? It's this big, it's that big. And mm. I think that's a hard question to answer. Like, Depends. Hard question. Everything just kept popping into my head was, is your property, Jason? Like when you first bought your property, it was like a desert. And now it's thriving with grass compared to yeah. what it was like before. So it's like, just, you know, it's hard because it all depends on what you have for grass growing. But just because you have a little now doesn't mean you're not going to have always have a little. So it's just kind of like, I guess, start small and grow your way up. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a management problem, too, it's, is the way it was managed was there was no management. And now the rotational grazing jason's doing like it really shows i guess that's the other thing it's like how much management do does the do you want to do if you're setting a homestead how much management do you want to do with your animals that depends on how many you can get and how much you can add over the time yeah your time you know do you have time to be moving animals every day or trying to figure out if you could automate some of this stuff you know I think automatic chicken coop doors is 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 right. helpful, super helpful, or like waters and stuff like that. Uh, especially if you work a, a regular office or a, just a nine to five job, you know, like egg layers can pretty much be automated. Yeah, it just depends on how much time you have, and how much time do you want to be putting into moving animals. I think the meat birds are easy to move because that takes you what? Yeah couple of minutes to move each tractor i think it's when it comes to the larger animals especially if you're using like a poultry net or something if there was a way to conveniently pick up gather and hold the poultry netting together when you move for another pasture 
it would make moving that fence so much more easier. Yeah, that's the truth. I always get mine tangled up and, you know, twisted it up and tripping on it. And it's like, man, if this, if this was just like a brand new roll every time, I'd have this done in five minutes. I, I seen a video recently where somebody made, I don't know if it's a company or if somebody made it, but they, I mean, it was a big chicken tractor with, you know, they probably had like a hundred birds in there or something, but the net, they had a poultry netting around it and everything moved with the coop, like the netting and everything. I saw that. On, I think I just saw that on Instagram or Facebook. I, wanna, I don't know if it was like rebel pastures or somebody. Yeah. But yeah. It was like all automated. It was like one of those big greenhouse style chicken tractors almost. Yeah, and all the netting was already just up and everything was just moving all at once. I was like, oh. <laughs> that seems cool. But I'm going to have to look that up. Right. If, if you have flat land. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's Who has flat time. land? We don't. <laughs> yeah. People out in Kansas. Not us. No. Right. Yeah. 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 It doesn't always work. Iowa. But yeah, it just depends. It depends on your area. It depends on your property. Depends how many, how much grass you have, on how many animals you can put on it. What can you do on it? I mean, it's it's hard. Yeah. How much time you want to invest in managing everything? I think what'd be helpful if people if they move to an area or they get some land is like. Try to, I don't know, it's hard, but if you could try to connect with other people around you that are doing what you want to do, um, not everything maybe, but like if they're kind of doing the stuff and you go visit them and see what they're doing and seeing how they're doing things, I think that's that's a huge inspiration on what somebody can do on their property. You know, not the same thing maybe, but like, get they just get ideas from other farms around yeah. you then i guess one of the other questions we got quite a bit was how do you keep doing it i think a lot of the question was youtube based but also homesteading based like how do you stay doing it through the ups and the downs and i i just went back to you got to know your why like why you got into doing what you're doing because you're going to have your good days you're going to have your bad days and there's days you don't want to get up and get out of bed and keep up keep on doing stuff but you have to if you've got livestock you've got dead stock i quit drinking so i have to deal with it completely now (laughs) (laughs) no you know what some i i truth be told i have been very very burned out this past year um we've had a lot going on um part of the reason we got rid of the cow was because it was just like i was starting to hate homesteading And I finally had to like stop and admit to myself, why am I doing this? Well, you know, we got into this to grow our own food and be a little more in control of what we put in our bodies. And, you know, whereas the cow is nice, like it's really nice having all of this. It's, it's kind of the straw that is breaking the camel's back. And so, you know, back to that, the why it was like, well, we have a source to get good raw milk. We can go back to doing that. And if we want to get a cow later, we will. Um, Like this year, we have too many pigs. Like that is plain and simple. We have too many pigs on this property. But 
it's all right. You know, we get to teach classes on how to butcher. I get to sell off piglets, you know, all that stuff. Like it all comes out in the wash. Uh, we actually were talking to someone today, you know, the animals don't get a day off. You know, if you feel like you want a day off yeah. homesteading, you don't get to just take a day off. You can kind of set it up to where it's automated. Like we were just talking about with waters and, you know, stuff like that, automatic doors, but generally you, you don't get a day off. Those animals need to eat. Those animals need you to take care of them. You know, if you lock an animal up in a pen, you are on the hook for that animal's well-being. So, you know, I guess really what it comes down to is how streamlined can you make it? How can you make it run without you if needed? And, you know, for us, it's, it's really, it's the automatic waters. It's the great big drum waters with you know, 55 gallons that'll last a week. Um, it's having the feed in a good location to where I don't have to haul it, you know, from the top of the property down to the bottom and back up to the top again. Uh, it's just all that little, all those little things that you have to figure out how to make work for your homestead and you. And then having a family too, having a, having family that's with you that they can do it as well. You know, having a movable chicken coop that my wife can move. You know, if I can't, you know, she could do that. Uh, or now my 11-year-old, you know, she could do it too. Yep. So not just doing it where, you know, I have to do it. I don't have to do it, you know, if something happens. But, but yeah, it really goes back to your why. Like, you got to really want it and... You just got to keep, keep moving forward. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have good days. I mean, that's just part of the whole deal. It's not going to always be rainbows and unicorns. (laughs) I know sometimes I think about too, like, Hey, when I used to work a normal nine to five, life wasn't always great then either. (laughs) Or you were miserable. You didn't want to be doing that anymore. So it's like, you know, sometimes you just always think the grass is always greener on the other side. You just got to give yourself a reality check. Yep also yeah that's a good point because sometimes i i you know have to put myself in check and and, you know sometimes i'm like man (laughs) you know this sucks like i don't i don't feel like doing this anymore or that but then i like man i remember though i remember i try to remember remind myself of what i felt like sitting in that office and i wanted this life so bad and you know i just i hope i never forget that feeling and sometimes I do forget where I have to remind myself about that. Uh, but I hope I never forget that feeling of remember, Re- you remember when you felt that way? Mm-hmm. Well, now, now you're doing it. Ask yourself. Yep. Right. Yeah. Ask yourself, what's the other option? Yeah. No complaining. Yes. Don't complain now. <laughs> so yeah. I think we could talk about good. this topic for a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so too. This could probably be a, this could probably be like a part two somewhere, but yeah, I think like we'll... a mini series. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this was a fun one. I like this, this talk. Yeah. I appreciate everyone listening and watching these podcasts. Thank you so much. Um, you know, we enjoy doing these podcasts and, uh, you know, if you're listening to us to iTunes, make sure you give us a review. And, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and let us know how we're doing and we appreciate you guys and 
Uh, hope everyone has an awesome week, and we will see you next Friday. Thank you for watching. Bye. Thanks, see you guys. guys.